Welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 223. I am your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Voyager's fifth season episodes, 30 Days, Counterpoint, and Latent Image. Here we go. 30 Days, Season 5, Episode 9, Production Code 202. Original air date, December 9th, 1998. Directed by Winrick Colby. Story by Scott Smith-Miller. Teleplay by Kenneth Biller. Music by Paul Belergen. Guest cast include Willie Garson as Riga, Benjamin Livingston as Burkus, Alyssa Kramer as Jenny Delaney, Heidi Kramer as Megan Delaney, Warren Munson as Admiral Paris, and David Keith Anderson as Ensign Ashmore. <laughs> Freshly demoted, Ensign Tom Paris is placed in Voyager's brig for 30 days for disobeying orders. During this time, Paris relates the events of his demotion to his personal log as a message to his father. Hey, Dad. Long time no see. Chances are you'll never receive this letter. But in case you do, there's a few things I wanted to say. First of all... Bad news. Uh, I'm in jail again. <laughs> Wait. Keep listening. Don't turn this off. I want you to know how I ended up in here. Because... It's not what you think. I'm just reading my notes here, and apparently Paris and Riga take the flyer on a mission of radial action. <laughs> Hmm. I'm missing a letter there. I don't think it was radial action they took. Hmm. Steve, what do you think of 30 Days? I, I certainly remember it because it's kind of rare, um, at least in this series, to have these kind of like the whole thing as a flashback kind of deal, which I understand wasn't the original plan that they were going to shoot it straight forward, and then they made it a big flashback story like that. Um, I think, I think, well, I think what's good about it is that the, uh, that, there's growth for Paris in a way, you know, it's kind of like, what's interesting with him is that he, he kind of goes in this, um, I mean, there's, there's some characters we feel like they, they, they make progress and all of a sudden they're back to where they were. And I don't really feel that way about him. I feel like he, he grows and then he becomes kind of nuanced, you know, where he's got certain, certain things about him that he just never is quite satisfied in himself. Um, and here he kind of gets, he, you know, he finds like, like, like they put it in the episode, he finds a cause and, and he decides it's worthwhile breaking the rules to do. So in, in a way, you know, you, you don't know wonder what, you wonder what would happen to him if had this not all gone down with Voyager and everything like that. But um, I think in either case, he's not necessarily a guy that's suited for a regimented follow the rule lifestyle anyway, which I think kind of makes him interesting. Um, but uh uh, you know, obviously, this is a message kind of episode. I don't think it does, does too bad of a job. I don't. I think it. it you know, there's times where it c- comes close to becoming a hit. It, hit it too hard on the head. Environmental kind of, you know, message kind of thing, maybe. But um, overall, I thought it was. I thought it was all right, and um, I think it had a decent pace, and I enjoyed it fine. I definitely thought I, I, this episode is a little bit too on the nose with the climate change stuff, but. Mm-hmm. I realized as I was watching it, the reason that doesn't hurt it too much, the reason that doesn't make it feel dated or anything, is because here we are, more than two decades later, and we still have people that 
either deny climate change or admit it, that it exists and don't want to do anything about it. <laughs> right. Because apparently you can't hit it too hard on the nose because... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so, what do you think, Adam? Well, um, no, I pretty much agree with what um, Steve had to say about um, the character Tom Paris. I thought it was a good episode for him. And, um, you know, Steve's right. He's a nuanced character. I mean, you know, if the show wasn't going on, Tom, the character Tom would be in jail. He wouldn't be in Starfleet. We don't He maybe he's still in jail, whatever. He's not in Starfleet. And you also can foresee him after they're done with this voyage back to Earth. He doesn't stay in Starfleet. He, he, he doesn't conform. And that's kind of way the character's kind of been set up all along. Um, you know, and it spurts out from time to time with Tom, you know, he, you know, he kind of goes off track, whether it's he's doing it for undercover work or for various other reasons. But yeah, this is um, interesting in Tom because he did find a, a cause and you kind of believed him. You believe this is something that he cared about. Did they kind of go overboard? I, I kind of think so. But you're right. It still kind of holds up because we still have the same issues today. Um, but one of the things I kind of I enjoyed the water world. I, it's such a cool look. Like, I really remember that that image of this planet that's just all it's water. Like, but it's yeah. It's so you know, cool to look at, yeah. In the kind of the submarine thing. So I actually kind of, that's, you know, in a weird way, that's kind of like the B story of this episode. But yeah, I enjoyed the visuals of that. And, you know, um, you know, and this is what, 98 when this came out? When right, came right. Out. So yeah, I mean, 98. yeah, and it, and it still kind of holds up. I mean, you, it feels dated, but at the same time, it's not that bad um, for if you think about when it was made. Um, and, you know, we didn't start seeing different, you know, really different worlds like this. I think I can't think of anything kind of close to this. Maybe the Dyson sphere back in next gen, but I mean, it's unusual to see these kind of different worlds. And I kind of like the imagination where they went with this. I think they were just limited technical, technologically wise of showing us how cool it could be. So maybe that's something for a future Trek show. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, this is by far the weakest of the three episodes that we're talking about today. I really like the other two we're going to get to, but it's not like this is a bad episode. It's just that the other two are so solid. Yeah, I would say this is a this is a good episode. It wouldn't I wouldn't call it great. I would call it it's good. It's above average. I would say this episode is. I don't know that I really like the the Paris and the Brig writing the letter to his father stuff. Probably not not needed really. Uh, yeah, it it does. It kind of drags a little bit, especially in the middle with with Neelix coming to see him. He's like, "Oh, talk to me, talk." Well, to me. what Steve was getting at earlier. I mean, that's just true. Like they they came up like ten minutes short on this thing, so that's when. It kind of added all that stuff, but it I, it does feel like it would work better without it to me. Yeah. You know, maybe, like I said, technologically wise, if they did this today, they would be able to add like 10 more minutes of underwater stuff because, you know, you could. I really wanted to see when they get down in there, you know, 600, what is it, kilometers deep. And that creature kind of detects them before that. And they, when they find that ancient structure down there, that's, that's creating all the containment. I wanted them to go. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to see like the insides of that. I wanted to see yeah, what it was about, learn more about who created it and all that stuff that, yeah, I really wanted that. Obviously we don't get that. Like I said, it's probably, you know, budget technology, that kind of thing. You know? Um, I did like, you know, like I said, they split up that scene with Janeway. Obviously you get like, Oh, you're 30 days, you're demoted in 30 days in the brig. And then we get the end scene at the very end where, um, you know, you kind of get the second half of where she sends him to the brig and it's, it's a good scene. It's like, I like the scene because yeah, he, he knows he did something wrong, but there's no 
ju- it doesn't feel like Janeway's judging him at all. She's like, and it's it's true. She respects his what he's what he believes in, but I mean, at the same time, she's got to do what she got has to do. So, I actually like. Do that we scene. really think he would have done this though? Because this is seem, he seems a little bit too like if he's he's firing a missile to just to. I don't know if destroy completely, but knock out some structure. Even if they gave people a chance and told and instructed them to leave, you know, how could you really be sure? It seems like too violent, and you know, like this seems very uh, radial. <laughs> this seems very radical. Like he could have really hurt somebody. I don't, I don't know. I have to assume. I mean, I I kind of went uh, made the assumption that they were scanning and made sure there was no one. I mean, because yeah, if, unless he was absolutely sure there's no. Right, uh, threat of you know injuring people or losing people, but that was kind of just my assumption of it. But yeah, otherwise it's, it's it seems a little crazy. Yeah. Well, that goes back. I think it kind of goes back to Steve's point. You know, where this episode is a little bit too on the nose about what it's trying to say. I mean, that's kind of, they, I think they they kind of went to some extremes in this episode, and I don't think they had to go that far to kind of have Tom break the rules. Yeah, and, and you know the other thing, just kind of on that track, um, it is kind of out of the blue, right? I mean, we know he's got this historical, you know, if, you know, if affinity towards historical things, but we've never heard. I don't think we've heard anything about water and all this stuff too. And all of a sudden, it's something we've heard nothing about, or they barely yeah. touched on, is the thing that launches his cause and makes him, you know, do something totally against orders and all this. I don't know. You know, we could have had him building a, a model ship at some point. The last couple seasons, yeah, so, yeah. I believe Janeway when she says that she would have destroyed the flyer with him on it, even mm. sure, yeah. to stop. Especially if she thought that he was putting the people, for sure, yeah, in any kind of danger. But I believed her when she said that to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's this episode about? Well, I mean, Steve touched on it a little bit early on about you know, there's the environmental thing. You know, um, how far, how far can you take your activism? You know, and I think that kind of talk is talks about this in this episode i mean should you take it to the extreme where this episode pretty much took it took it we don't know if it necessarily had to or not but it did so it talks about how far do you take your causes and your things that you believe in how you know what are you willing to do what what thing who, who are you willing to hurt to to achieve these goals um it's kind of what i kind of took from it steve yeah yeah i agree and i think personally it's one of those stories like yeah you I don't know if everyone needs a cause, but certainly Paris grows by finding a cause. I think a cause is almost like, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, it's a timing thing, right? It's not like the, that, you know, we don't know that if these circumstances he would have faced in season one, would he have taken the same actions or season two or whatever. I think it's one of those kind of things that if you're right place in your life and you're ready for something and you, you know, uh, something that makes you feel like you can, make a difference or whatever. And that's, that's what you need right then. Then this comes along in a, a cause. And if it's uh yeah, if, if you feel like the actions are, are, are justified and, and it's, even if you lose your freedom for it or lose your privileges and you know, that, that kind of thing, like the nature of a cause and so on. I think there's an environmental message that permeates, but I think personally it's a Paris story and, and what it means to uh, care about something beyond yourself and what you're willing to give up for it. Let's do six degrees for 30 days. Golly, Steve, you going first or second? Oh, first. This is the first time we see the Delaney sisters. How many more times will we see them? Oh, gosh. Zero, one, or two? How about zero? 
Yes, it was zero. And I'm asking this kind of question because nobody here comes back. So, Adam, Paris gets reduced in rank. Oh, yes, as a fun, fun thing today, uh, I'm going to have at least one question that references a Star Trek feature in on each of the six degrees today. Mm. All right, uh, Adam, Paris gets reduced in rank. Name the feature in which a primary character gets demoted. That'd be Star Trek 4? Yes, sir. One to one, moving on. Counterpoint Season 5, Episode 10, Production Code 204. Original air date, December 16th, 1998. Directed by Les Landau. Written by Michael Taylor. Music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Mark Herlick as Kashik, Randy Oglesby as Kerr, J. Patrick McCormick as Prax, Alexander Enberg as Vorick, Randy Lowell as Torot, and Jake Saxon as Adar. Voyager is traveling through divorce space, where telepathy is illegal. The crew had encountered a small group of telepaths and offered them transport to a wormhole that will allow them to, sca- to escape the sector. As Voyager continues, they are continually stopped by the Dvoran ships, led by Inspector Kashik, demanding to inspect the ship for telepaths. I've come to ask asylum. Safe passage out of divorce space before I end up in a detention center myself. Now, why would I risk the safety of my crew by harboring a defector? Because of what I'm about to tell you. If you continue on your present course, you'll be intercepted by a squadron of my warships. Voyager will be seized, your crew imprisoned, or worse. Adam, get us going on Counterpoint. Counterpoint. I enjoyed this episode on for several reasons, because it's, I don't know, I kind of felt like this, it's a very layered episode, and each layer is very, to me, is, was very good and interesting. First off, you have the cat and mouse game going on, you know, with um, Keisha coming onto the ship and they're looking for telepaths. Um, and there's this, the, you know, the first part of the episode. Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk. He's like, uh, isn't that where the Wookiees are from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kashyyyk. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's that cat and mouse game and it's not, you know, Jamie doesn't like him, but she doesn't dislike him even early on. You know, there's almost a little hint of... Um, of play between them. It's very subtle in the, in the first part of the episode. Obviously that continues more throughout the episode when he comes back and he's, you know, asking for refuge, you know, or asylum, that kind of thing. And so then you kind of see that more flirtation and that attraction kind of grow. And then at the end, you kind of have a question of did, was he really helping them or was he not? I mean, that's, I kind of confused as like he was really double crossing her or was he not at the end? Was he just doing what he needed to do to make sure they got away? So yeah, there are a bunch of different facets about this episode that are good. It's good. It's a good Janeway episode. It, it moves her character along. Um, it's well paced and yeah, it's it's fun and intriguing and, and good stuff. Steve, yeah, I I really like this too. And yeah, I agree. It's layered. There's a lot of things you can talk about. And um, I mean, there's certain there's certain parallels to various persecuted people throughout our time and having to hide them and you know, keep them safe when others are searching for them. You see that, that, that kind of analogy you see. And, and in that same vein, the, the whole idea of uh, kind of almost like the classism of warfare where you have those, that officer level where this kind of like gentlemanly rules and, you know, talk and this kind of stuff. And here we're seeing that carried over here and all this is that's, that's all kind of like 
global large macro issues and the micro issues is what's going on between him and Janeway specifically. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of, you know, two people and is there some kind of chemistry there and what the, 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 uh, the ramifications of that and is any of that real or not and ambiguity. And there's not a lot of ambiguity in these early Trek episodes, you know, I mean, it's just not the way television was done. So anything that raises questions about what's still going on is, is interesting too. Yeah. There's, there, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in this to think about, you know, ultimately it's, it's the writing and the performances for Janeway and Kashyyyk. Mm -hmm. So good. They're so great together. They have really good chemistry. Even when, you find out that he's kind of he was trying to play her there's still that stuff between them you know yeah doesn't kill it she has that great line about false readings being the theme for the evening or something like that there's still a spark between them really what makes this episode work how many times do we see how many episodes are there where janeway kisses somebody there aren't many right yeah a few and very between. very small number not like the other shows <laughs> and, you know, I think that speaks to something. I think that speaks to kind of the uh, the the bias in a way of. I think the writers knew that if you did too much of that, um, there'd be almost a perceived like kind of like I don't know a, a weakness almost versus the stereotypical like let's take the the big example of Kirk in the original series where it was kind of like well he's going through space and conquering and you know and so that's fine to see a male do that you know what I mean so it's I, I think that's probably what was going on well John Luke didn't there weren't a lot of John Luke kisses but I'm sure more than Janeway for sure who directed this one it's a uh, Les Landau okay yeah so one of their regulars who does really good work there's like s some handheld camera when they're inspecting the ship and just like uh, maybe in engineering, I remember there was a shot of Torres as she's looking over them while they're searching for the telepaths and just so much tension in some of those scenes without even having to have mm -hmm. any dialogue. Some of that's the way it's shot. Just the, the unusual use of, of source music. Um, when he's playing the, who is, it? I think it's Mahler and Tchaikovsky. There's like playing them through the, ships systems uh and hearing that but it still sounds kind of distant and tinny there's just so much about this episode that's different i guess than than the usual well what's kind of cool about this it's unique to voyager because this isn't this isn't a storyline you would see in any of the other shows because there wouldn't they wouldn't be in the situation that voyager is in so this is it's, right. to me it's kind of a unique storyline for voyager to do you know you know the enterprise wouldn't go through vast swath of space that they had to be subjected to random searches like that. I mean, so it's, it's, uh, it's a unique Voyager episode and it's, it's cool to see that in each and every series where it's that episode is unique onto that specific series. And so we don't get that often, that often we oftentimes we'll get kind of like, you know, kind of repeats of what they did and just kind of changing it up a bit, you know, like we, we, I don't know how, if we had a dollar for every time we say and said this, like, Oh, I've seen that before in another episode. I've seen that before in another episode, but this one, you know, you don't, you haven't seen the story in any other series. So that's what's another cool thing about it. Well, and that's what's so cool is when, what, when you have a good episode that, and a lot of times maybe the best episodes, the ones that are really kind of 
something special are ones that take risks and the risks pay off. You know, like it, it, you, it's rarely like, here's this kind of stereotypical type of episode, but they do it really well. And so we talk about it a lot. I mean, you know, it's these ones where all these elements come together, you know, the, like, you know, the tete-a-tete between those two characters, the various themes that are layered here, the, the music that, plays when they're visiting that creates this kind of environment you know and all that stuff too and all those are things could have made the slightly wrong choice it could have like thrown it off entirely you know or it's just a little too bizarre or just not hitting the right note or whatever so yeah i love the way this episode starts kind of in media stress it just starts with inspection and she's like jane makes an announcement to the crew to let the divorce do the, complete their inspection or whatever well, the very end of the teaser is a little weird. Though he says, "Like make yourself at home," and then it like fades out. That that was slightly odd. It seemed like the teaser should have been a little mm-hmm. longer. But anyway, I, I but it does. It's it's a really strong opening. Just so so much great about this episode. So good. I remember really being blown away at the time of this episode. I don't know. Maybe it's diminished ever so slightly over the years, but I still think it's a fantastic episode. Really good. I mean, this is about as good an episode as as any other I can think of from Voyager. It's really, really solid. What is this episode about? Well, I mean, you, have, you know, you have the persecution element in here. You know, the telepaths, they're, they're persecuted against. They're sent to reformation camps to get rid of their abilities. So there's that there's that theme in this episode about fighting persecution and doing what you can to help those who are being persecuted, um, even if it means um, jeopardizing your own safety. So it has those, those themes in this about, um, you know, being humane. Um, those are the outlying elements. Obviously, it, I think it it also moves Janeway's character forward. And it's like she, it's not like she ever, hasn't ever trusted herself, but she's an incredibly smart woman. She can kind of, as much as she likes this this guy, she understands who who and what he is, and she's able to counter what he does. And so it's it's a tribute to her to her character, the acting and the writing, the directing that went on in this episode. Yeah, I think it's it's I mean kind of like we said this in the last episode where there's like a a kind of a, a macro type theme but then in reality but this one even more so it, it's yeah there there's a big topic here it's 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 persecution of a of a of different species with a certain thing but that's a hard, that's such a small thing of what's going on here it's you know there's like it's this nuanced thing between these two characters and that kind of like uh, transcends that whole notion. And, and in that way, it's one of these stories about, um, you know, that, that the, the real issues in humanity, even during extreme circumstances are relationships between people and these, those kind of stories, the, uh, the tete-a-tete, the love stories, the uh, trying to, you know, find some kind of um, solace in an extreme situation, you know, and, and that's, that's what's going on here. The, you know, they're these two characters, both looking for something, both uh, happen to play their game in this environment, yet all, all those kind of things that we all deal with are, are all going on there, even in this extreme situation. So it's, yeah, this is, this is, this is a really good episode. Really great. Yeah. In the end, I mean, in, the reason that you know the relationship was real between them, um, I mean, he was—he could have taken Voyager right then after the the refugees went through to the war. He basically he let Voyager go. He, mm-hmm, so that, mm-hmm. that was the 
I guess I kind of figured that out throughout our conversation. That was kind of the moment where, you know, you kind of, this was, this wasn't fake. This was something that was real between the emotional, both of them emotionally. All right, let's do six degrees for counterpoint. Our score is one to one. Adam. Yes. J. Patrick McCormick plays Prax, the Devor XO that seems to enjoy inspecting Voyager. He played Admiral Bennett in the DS9 fifth season episode. Dr. Bashir, I presume, this episode reveals what secret about Julian? Um, that he is a clone? Or not a clone? No, it was genetically enhanced. Yes. That is close. I almost rejected there, but you got it. You got it. <laughs> Steve McCormick also played a Romulan commander that addressed the Senate in which Star Trek feature? Hmm. Gosh. <laughs> That's the Romulan Senate that he addresses, <laughs> not the United <laughs> States Senate. <laughs> um, is it uh, Nemesis? Yes, sir. It's Nemesis. Two to two. Moving on. Blatant Image, Season 5, Episode 11, Production Code 206, Original Air Date, January 20th, 1999, Directed by Mike Beeger, Story by Eileen Connors, Brandon Braga, and Joe Minoski, Teleplay by Joe Minoski, Music Composed by Paul Belergen, Guest Cast Include Nancy Bell as Ensign Jatal and Scarlett Palmers as Naomi Wildman. <laughs> During a routine medical examination of several members of Voyager's crew, the doctor discovers evidence that Ensign Harry Cam has, at some point within the previous two years, undergone surgery of a complex and specific nature, which could only have been performed by the doctor himself. Having no memory of the procedure, the doctor attempts to reconstruct evidence surrounding that time period. Describe how you tampered with my program, how it was you all along. Perhaps you should accompany me to sickbay, Doctor. You too, Tuvok. You're conspiring against me, all of you. Why? So it's been quite a few years since I watched Voyager. Certainly start to finish like this. But this is one of the handful of episodes that just from the title, I knew exactly which episode it was. And I knew that I liked it a lot and I was looking forward to it. You know, many of those are Doctor episodes, <laughs> which makes sense. As I've said, the Doctor, of course, my favorite character on this show. But this episode is such a it's such a great idea for an episode. It's such a great mystery uh, that would only work really on this show. We talk about, you know, the 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 Voyager episodes that wouldn't so much work on another Star Trek show are often the better ones. This is a perfect example of that. The way this mystery is interwoven with who the doctor is and how he works as a, as a holographic being or whatever, all that stuff is, you know, the, the way the, the misery is, as far as I did, performed a surgery, I don't remember performing these memories being removed. Uh, the concept that he would have this, like this, program destroying destroying problem with a feedback loop of you know not being able to um, come to terms with how he uh, made this like Sophie's choice thing um, again it really works here in a way that maybe it wouldn't work with some other characters certainly on some other shows so this is such a 
such a quintessential Voyager episode for me. I really like this episode a lot, and I think it works really well. Steve, what are your first thoughts here? Yeah, yeah, this is definitely a, a great episode and a, one of the highlights of the series for sure. And uh, um, I, I think, you know, when, as it was going, I think what what was interesting was is how much it it made me um i mean i was i was angry right along with him you know it's like you you feel with him and and that's the writing and the performances and all this stuff too you, it's like a betrayal i feel like okay really we're we're the fifth season here haven't we covered this whole bit with artificial intelligence and and uh you know non-carbon based life forms and whatnot that they wouldn't disrespect him like this you know and this kind of thing and i'm i'm angry right along with him and uh and it of course it's very engaging because it's a mystery we've established several times you do a mystery right it's you know it's obviously uh it's a very engaging episode and 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 you're you're hunting for like what's going on here et cetera et cetera um I, there, there was a, there was a part of me that was kind of like, is, is it not, would it not be the, you know, it, early? It's what's funny is it, like I was a bit on a, a bit of a journey going through the episode because early on I was thinking, I know where this goes, and w- why would it not be just normal for um, a holograph, you know, a computer doctor, whatever you want to call this kind of thing, to triage would just be part of the game right i mean you're going to have those situations where you're going to have to make choices um but by the end you know you totally get it because one he's not the the character that was you know launched in season one just to take care of the problem or whatever he's involved and they established that and two they may do a really good job of of making it a situation where it was a a one-to-one choice there wasn't a clear you know, any clear factor that would make, um, you, you know, it'd be more logical to try to save one over another. And, um, and so I, I think that works. And, and then, and then that whole bit with seven and Janeway, and, and of course it's gotta be her that, that raises this question. It's like, wait a minute, you know, I, I'm not feeling good about this now because I thought, you know, the whole point of this is that you, um, that you're on board with me, but you know, I'm not, uh, if you do like do me like you do the doctor, well, you know, at any point you could just say, well, you know, it's not conforming to what's working here. So you might abandon me too. And that's what it came down to is, um, do you abandon someone that needs that help or, or is it, if it gets, if it gets too difficult, um, do you have to move on, you know? And so, yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of big questions here and big issues and yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so great that Seven is the one that that comes. You're right; it has to be her. But it's also, like, hey, she wasn't there 18 months ago. You know, yeah. she has this this outside perspective too. I mean, uh, yes, it, you need to be her because you know she's specifically talking about you know you're failing me in this as a guide to humanity, and you're you're not supporting him in his time of need. Um, but but also she wasn't there then, and you can see how this 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 one small change and that one great scene where she confronts Janeway changes Janeway's plans and and opens Janeway up to this concept of you know trying an, uh, it another way. Uh, Adam, what do you think here? Um, yeah, I totally agree with. Oh, I thought for sure. No, I hate this episode. Sucks. <laughs> 
they could all go to hell. No, no, it was a great, totally great episode. You know, we've had a, a treat today because we've had three really good episodes. I mean, you know, you did say that 30 days was the weakest of the three, and I would agree. <laughs> where in most we in most shows it would be the strongest of the three. So we got a. I mean, just want to acknowledge we doubt it. This is a, a treat to have three straight phenomenal episodes and culminating with the best for last. So I mean, let's take let's take these three episodes. Um, Paris, his his character is moved forward in Counterpoint, uh, or not in um, Thirty Days. Counterpoint, Janeway's character is moved forward. In this episode, it's yes, it's it is a Doctor episode where his character is definitely moved forward. I'll get into that, but you also have Seven moved forward and Janeway moved forward in that relationship. And you know when you can combine a story and have multiple characters move forward, you got you got good writing, you got good act, you got it's it's solid across the board. So kudos to this episode in, in that in that regard but with the doctor they allowed him to be human we all go through these you know these instances well not all of us but a lot of i mean people go through tragic trauma traumatic situations whatever they might be combat um car wreck um losing a loved one that just dramatically change you um and it can take years sometimes for you to get back right um and I, th- that was the mistake that Janeway made, and she had to have Seven pointed out to her um, that we have to allow him to be human. We have to allow him the same rights everybody else does because we've accepted him as such thus far. So how can we deny him going forward? And in the, the last part of the episode where they're all sitting with him, especially Janeway, you know, and just just kind of helping him through this traumatic situation. Um, like you would for any any loved one or any family member or, or that sort of thing. It's just it brings out the humanity in this episode and this crew and in, in Star Trek. And they're they're some of the best storylines that, that you'll see in in any Star Trek series. My memory before we started going through Voyager was that this was my favorite episode of the show. Close second maybe was Doctor Has a Family. Can't remember the name of that one. We already watched it. And that, or maybe someone to watch over me, I remember is really, really high. But latent image was my memory was that this was my favorite episode of the show. And it, and it, I, I think that was, <laughs> I think there's still a good chance that's, that's going to be the case by the time we finish this run. Uh, cause I, I, I just, I really like this episode. And man, Picardo is so good. You know, actually, my favorite scene is that in, in an episode that has a ton of great scenes, my favorite scene in the episode is almost a throwaway scene. It's the, 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 the scene in the mess hall with the doctor and Neelix where the doctor in one scene, in one scene, they show you, they explain entirely how, how the doctor went through this. What we assume there were many more, you know, mm-hmm. scenes and things where he was, his program was crashing because of this loop and he couldn't, this problem he couldn't solve, but we don't need any of that because this one scene is so good. The writing is good. But his performance is so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like this undercurrent, his entire scene of bouncy doctor, but going crazy, right? right. I mean, well, it's kind of acting performance that you have this feel that going a little way either way would have totally thrown it off. You know, like if it was yeah. if it was too stilted or if it was too outrageous, it just would have felt artificial. You know, and that's why why it's so good. I think. You know, I can't help but think, you know, you think about this episode and it makes me think about um, Next Gen when Data had to go through his trial 
to be given, you know, human rights, you know, and that was stemmed from, you know, they wanted to take them apart and dissect them so they could learn how to build new ones. So it was kind of a physical nature is how he got his rights. And you're right, Brian, this is a unique to Voyager where it wasn't, it was emotional for the doctor. It was an emotional state where he was finally truly accepted. And I'm, I'm talking about Janeway um, as a true individual being human with all the rights and things that go along an with equal. it. Yeah. an equal. Exactly. So, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, yeah, it's kind of interesting how both those, those episodes, both this episode and the one with data are kind of similar, but they take different tracks and they both work very well. What is this episode about? What it means to be an individual or an equal. Um, I kind of think we've been talking about what it's been about the whole, the whole time. Um, so yeah, it's about what kind of, what is alive? What is a sentient being? They, they bring those questions up. Um, how do you help somebody through a traumatic situation? Do you just try to forget it or do you try to, you know, to move forward with them? I mean, there's a lot of different, different layers about what they're kind of trying to say in here. It's like, what do you keep from loved ones or trusted family members? Um, and how long do you do that? I mean, there's a lot of different questions and a lot of things that they're trying to, to say here. Yeah, I think I think what's so good about this is that it's like like I like I kind of said early earlier on early early in the episode you feel like what's going on here? Haven't we established you know that he is he's deserving of this equal treatment and that he's a life form too? And so in that sense, at first you feel like you're you're on this track of it being like a retread of Measure of a Man or something like that from Next Gen, right? And then then they then they add the twist, and that is um, that that notion of um, you can't just, you can't just abandon those that matter. You know, I mean, you, we all have, we're all a part of the people that we touch, the people that we care about and so on. And, and the things that they go through, um, are, are important. You know, it can't be, it can't be a situation where when it gets too hard, you just take the easy way out and you just reset the clock or whatever you can do to make it simple for you. You know, like, I mean, in our world, you can't take somebody and just, and just wipe their brain, but, but you can, um, put them into some kind of, uh, isolation. Yeah. A situation where you don't have to deal with it. Right. And, and what the message here is that that's, that's not the way to go. If it's not someone you really care about, that's not the way to go. You have a responsibility and it's worth, it's worth that because that's what the relationship is about. And that's what it means to really care for someone is to help them through a tough time. You know, the other thing that's so great about this episode that is again, unique is that it kind of has an ambiguous ending, right? He, he doesn't wrap it all up and the doctor's okay now. But what, yeah, I mean, but that's kind of true to life, right? You don't know, it yeah. takes time. And, no, I don't know that, I, I have a feeling that the next episode doesn't open with the doctor still having a problem, <laughs> but at least, <laughs> at least, you know, baby steps, <laughs> at least this episode does not, you know, it ends with him. Maybe there's a little bit of a light there when he reads that. The, the, the well, the, the, but, the lights yeah. when he tells Janeway to go go to record. He was like, "I'll be yeah. fine. I'll be here in the morning." So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's when you kind of realize, well, it's it's going to be all right for him. Let's see. Let's do six degrees for Layton image. Steve. Yep. What crew member was apparently too busy and couldn't make it to Jatal's birthday party in the Doctor's flashbacks from eighteen months ago? Hmm. <laughs> 
kiss? Yes. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> that was kind of a cheat, but I thought it'd be a fun question. Uh, Adam, Janeway's line, we come here today to pay final respects to our honored dead, was spoken by Captain in which Trek feature? Um, that would be Brathicon. See, told you I got oh everything was uh we got movie questions in each one. Wow, you guys got every question today. Boy, yeah, that means yeah. I made them too easy. <laughs> Does that ever happen? Fail. Brian fail. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. We're not getting any questions next week, next time, Steve. <laughs> yeah. It'll be it'll be like what was the number on the What's starting? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I remember the one year when I used to go to those creation conventions and they would always have like Star Trek trivia and you go, I swear, even though the, I can't remember his name now, the guy that started creation ran it and stuff. He used to always say no Stardate questions or whatever. The questions were always like that. They were always like such, you know, like basically number questions that how would anybody ever remember that stuff? It's pointless. It's, right, and it doesn't right. mean anything either. It's just it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. numbers. Anyway. All right. So you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Trek Companion. Our Twitter handle is at Trek Companion. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. That's how people find us. Give us five stars. That's awesome. Thank you for spending an hour with us. We'll be back in two weeks to do the next three episodes of Voyager. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Stefan, I passed it.